Hey, what's up? Thanks for taking time on your journey of life to stop and listen to the Hilton Castle Mission Podcast. This is an interview with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and I hope it encourages you and blesses you and helps you grow in your understanding of Jesus and how we can transform and change your life. Welcome to the Hilton Castle Mission Podcast. It's lovely to have all the listeners listening in again. Today we have a very special guest, (laughs) Mest. We have a special guest, uh, Curtis Brown. Curtis, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, hello to anybody who's listening. My name is Curtis and uh, it's a pleasure to drive down from Newcastle to Sunderland. Uh, I'm not into football, but if I was, we were (laughs) rivals, but it makes no difference in in Christ with brothers. So it's wonderful to come in. Uh, to, to share with you guys. Great. Curtis, I'm going to just ask you uh, the same question I ask anyone who's uh, a guest on my podcast. How did you become a Christ follower? How did that happen in your life? Yeah, so um, just for context, I'm 34 years old and I was brought up in a Christian, and I say Christian is in quote-unquote Christian home, and we went to church every Sunday. We did the, the, uh, the Sunday service, and it was personally it was something for me to do between breakfast and dinner from 10 30 to 12 30 we would turn up and I went to church from the age of seven until about 14 maybe 15 and to be perfectly honest I knew exactly what the church leader was going to say when they were going to say it but I didn't know Christ I didn't have a relationship with Christ to keep me there so unfortunately um as the world became more attractive with regards to um outside influences and girls and you name it the church because i didn't have christ who is the head of the church in my life well it became unattractive to put another way the girls of the world are far more attractive than the little old ladies of the church to a young teenager so i fell away from church or I left the church at around about 15 to 16 years old. And unfortunately, I fell into what was normal um, teenage life, which was watching, you know, things on the TV which could be watched, um, going to Newcastle College, where the desires of the flesh and the desires of a normal teenager who isn't born again, who doesn't know the Lord, who doesn't, uh, love the Lord, were magnified and quite massively magnified. How So your parents were still going to church at this point. How were they reacting to this when they saw their little Curtis kind yeah. of wander off? Was it, so, was it harder? So it's quite interesting because at the time, my mum would go quite often. I mean, dad would go sometimes. Okay. Um, but I would dare say at this point in time, your mum was a churchgoer and not born again. She was very liberal in her view of the world and very liberal in what is normal for people to do um, and didn't really have that deep conviction. I can't really speak on her part mm. too much, but have that deep conviction of what sin is, um, the consequences of it, and, you know, what, what was going to happen in me if I didn't come to Christ. Yeah. So I don't think it was a real sort of stress for her. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting thing because a lot of times we we do see people who go to church and we assume they're born again. But when you ask them that question, 
I remember um, when my nana, she was in her 70s when I actually asked her, are you born again? And she said, oh, I go to church. And then yeah. she came to know the Lord and started to come to my yeah. church when <laughs> it was a Christian. But Well, it's, it's funny you've said that because that's what happened with me, ma'am. All right. But that's, 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 that's <laughs> yeah, wonderful, isn't it? So there's a big difference between being a churchgoer and being born again. There's a big difference between someone who likes the name of Jesus and someone who follows Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I went into the world. I went into college and I was there for three years, uh, going on four and I kind of, I mean, this is a completely different topic. Maybe we'll talk about a different time, but I was very insecure growing up. I was always the, the short, the chubby kid who was always very friendly, but not quite the girl that the girls were like. And that really played in my mind. And when you start getting attention from the world and when things start being offered to you that you thought wouldn't be offered to you, and it kind of just, you know, it was, the enemy was just giving us all of these things that, you know, female attention and you build your house on that. So that's what I was doing. I was building my very worth in yeah. being and desires on what type of music I listened to, the places I could go, um, body image, attention from girls and attention from the guys who want to hang around with us. So all of this was so detached from being a humble self-denying christ following christian it wasn't even on my radar yeah. so very very deeply without even realizing gone into the world and that included nightclubbing that included steeping around unfortunately and because i didn't have jesus's breaks well it only multiplied so i got a job in a gym i left college and got a job in a gym which only just played at this macho ego that I was building and yeah. became poster boy for the, the gyms around Newcastle. <laughs> and then because there was no Christ for breaks, because I'd numbed my conscience to the things of the world, because unfortunately mom thought this was normal, my dad yeah. was just a quiet presence. Well, I ended up getting a girl I met in a nightclub pregnant um, when I was just turning 20. And we had our son, Franklin, and my dad was always a very present figure, which I'm, I'm blessed to have been brought up in a two-parent home. And yeah. um, thank the Lord for my parents, I love them dearly. And I realized, well, if I'm man enough to make a baby, I'm man enough to be around and stick around and look after him. And I stuck around to the point, even though it was very toxic, I didn't really know her, she didn't really know me. She didn't really like me. I didn't really like her, but we had a baby. And I thought, well, I'm a man. This is my bed. I've made it. So therefore, we're going to make it work. Yeah. Then we ended up having my second son, Miles, three years later. Now, when you build your foundations on such things, on lust, on um, rocky, well, the scripture says build it on the wrong foundations, on rocky foundations, inevitably it's going to fall. Yeah. And a lot of ego and a lot of male sort of striving and got to be successful, got to stick in, got to make things work. I'm the king of the castle, so therefore I'm going to make things work. Everybody thinks I'm big and strong and macho and bravado. And all of this, all of this was wrapped up in this one big man's body. But really, I was a little broken baby who had two babies mm -hmm. and a bit of a mess. And when it fell, which it inevitably did, I fell with it. 
and I fell into depression and anxiety and fear. And I looked everywhere for a cure. But when I say I looked everywhere, I looked everywhere within me. Okay. If you know what I mean, because it was all about me. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you watch enough Rocky movies, you've just got to train harder. Yeah. Um, you've just got to break through and be stronger. Or if you um, go to some self-help or to be mindful, it says, just be mindful on you. Yeah, yeah. But the top and bottom of the issue is, I'm the issue. So it's all about me, 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 me. And I'm sick of me. I'm sick of me. I'm sick of my um, behaviours, my actions that have led us to here. Now that I stand on this side, I'm, I was sick of sin. I just didn't know I was sick of sin. Yeah. So with all that said, um, I'm getting to the salvation part. No, um, okay. <laughs> with all that said, um, I broke down. And one of the things I say a lot of people on the street, um, I said, not a lot of people pray until the Titanic sinking. And what that means is, and it's quite obvious what it means, but what it means is you don't reach out outside of yourself till yourself is completely broken and humbled and put it another way, had the, the snot beaten out of you a little bit, you know? Yeah. And that's where I was. So I remember one day, nothing was working. I couldn't find peace anywhere. And I cried out to a God I didn't fully know I believed in. I cried out to the ceiling because I got so desperate and I got so broken. I just cried out. I said, look, man, if you are real, and I might have been expletive in there, why on earth am I going through this? Save us. Just save us. Mm -hmm. And the Lord heard. And I don't encourage swearing at the Lord, but the Lord loves authenticity. He loves a half cry, a broken and contrite heart. And I have a broken and contrite heart. And I tried everything, you know. I, I tried meditation. I've, I've already mentioned it, but I tried everything. So when you get to that point, I cry out to the Lord. And a series of events led me to being in a church. Yeah. And, you know, what it was was I was boxing a lot because macho trying to fix it myself. Yeah. Um, and I got invited to church by a girl I went to school with seven years prior. And I hadn't seen her for seven years. And she invited us to church one time when I seen her when I was on a run. On the Saturday, she said, come to church tomorrow on Sunday. I said, no, I've got no interest, even though I cried out to the Lord. Um, so I saw her again the week after in a completely different area. So you never came last week. Are you free <laughs> this week? I'm thinking, this is, well, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, and then the following week after that, I started listening to this hip-hop CD, which I found on my bed, and to the stairs till the morning came from. And it was this rapper who was speaking my language at the time. It's a miracle in there somewhere. Um, and he was telling us about Jesus. And looking back now, it's a good old scripturally sound preach yeah. to a beat. But he put it in a way that I could receive it. And I was listening, and I was listening, and I was listening. And I went for me run. I had me in my ears when I, was, when I was on the run. And you never get to a seat. For the third week in a row, in a completely different area. <laughs> you never came to church. Are you going to come to churches? And I, I'd obviously heard the gospel. I just didn't know I'd heard the gospel. Yeah. So I said yes. And I went, and I can't remember what was preached. 
in fact, I think it was very sort of progressive where I went. So it wasn't the gospel. Yeah. But they were praying. And I felt the peace that I searched everywhere for. And this big, macho, muscular man in the back of the room who held back all of the pain and all the tears and all that in that very moment just broke down and sobbed, cried out. And it was a it was an ugly cry. You know, yeah, the snots and the you name yeah, it was all there. Yeah. I'm having a scarf on, right? And you tell it about winter, and it was just covered in snot. And mm. I was going, wow, like whatever that piece is, that's what it that's what I need. Yeah. And I asked questions, I asked one of the guys before I dashed out the church really quick at the end because I didn't want anyone to see how snotty and upset I was. And this guy chased us with a Bible. He says, Take this with you. I said, he said, did you enjoy it? I said, yeah, but I said, I've just felt the peace that I kind of figure out. Hmm. And he went, oh, yeah, that's Jesus, Prince of Peace. The Holy Spirit. I mean, right, okay, whatever. So I left, but it didn't really, it didn't really hit us until I went back home and I'm in my room and going, whatever that is, I've tried everything, I'm going to follow Jesus. Yeah. So I prayed, didn't really know how to pray, but I prayed, like, I want to follow you. I wouldn't say I was born again at that moment. Yeah. So this is now early 2013, very early 2013. And I'm still half doing the stuff that I'm not supposed to be doing. And I'm still trying to pursue this Jesus. So this Bible guy gave us, I'm reading it. And uh, it got on to about sin, you know. And as I was reading, that none of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. And you know the list. Mm. I felt, oh, honestly, I felt the heavy hand of God on us in this room, in the same room where I cried out to the ceiling and the Lord heard. And I felt the heavy hand of God on us. I knew, I felt convicted. Yeah. I felt so dirty, I felt so shameful. I felt everything that had happened prior, I felt the weight of it. And it was just a heavy hand and I just, all I could do was just cry out, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I turned away from it. I'm disgusted by it. We know that this is called repentance. Yeah. Um, and I'm going, oh, just, please just take it. Just take it from that peace that I'd understood to this horrible, vile weight of understanding what this sin is. And this very same heavy hand, as I said, I've turned and I'll live for you, whatever you want me to have, I'll have whatever you don't, just take it away. I just want to know you, Lord. Mm. I felt comforted. I felt light. I felt new. I felt born again. Yeah, that's really good. I don't think I've swore since that moment. Oh, wow. Um, and that's sort of me because there's nothing good in me. I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. But I encountered this God. And I believe in very early 2013, I was born again. And when you say prayers, like whatever you want me to have, I'll have whatever you don't take it away. Well, yeah, you did. Feels like, if I'm summarizing this, is, is your journey sounds incredible. It feels like you know what it was like to know that freedom that God gives everyone to walk away or come to Him from church. And then yeah. during that, during that time, God was hitting you with with that woman turning up and nothing's a coincidence like yeah. that christian girl must be here delighted yeah. to notice and then yeah. and then after that the rightly say he gave you the peace but then the conviction yeah. came afterwards and yeah. that's, and that's key, isn't it yeah it's a full gospel we can't just have the, the jesus loves you yeah because then you would never understand how he loves you 
and why he came and how we've positioned ourselves opposed to him. Now, the world, when you speak to people in the world, they'll say, um, you know, I'm free. I'm free, I can do what I want. But actually, we know that the only freedom they will have is that, mate, we're free. We're free in Christ and we'll be free forevermore in him. Um, and one thing led to another and we went from being born again and, you know. How did the people around you who knew the Curtis of the macho man <laughs> respond to Curtis yeah. of this convicted, yeah, born yeah, again, yeah, believer yeah. now? It's a good question. Um, I think it's wonderful, you know. I think it's wonderful because this is evidence. You know, everybody wants evidence, yeah. but it's evidence right in front of you. And um, so they re responded with a lot of raised eyebrows um, because to them, I wasn't struggling. I was fine. I was the life of the party. I was the guy who was front and centre in the in the nightclub. I was I was the guy. You know, I was the one who organised all the nights out. I was the guy yeah. who was just the chief sinner. That was me. <laughs> and when... I started saying, no, I'm not coming out. Are you alright, Lake? Are you sick? No, I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> I'm well. Um, and I started, I mean, friends, friends, quote unquote, friends, people I was associated with, well, they filtered away and they just started going and doing their own thing without me, which yeah. was a blessing. Whatever you want me to have, Lord, I'll have whatever you don't take it away. <laughs> um, and from that, I found myself alone in my mum and dad's house with my kids. My two boys were still still very much seen uh, active in their lives. And we just had a Bible, a phone, and I went to work. Now, of course, people thought I was nuts. Still do. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're a street preacher, I think you're really nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, so the top the top and bottom answer is the world can't comprehend it. The world doesn't understand it. The world's convicted by it. So <coughs> we shame, we shame Brighton. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so when you were when you were at your parents' house, you yeah. you indicated earlier that your mom became born again at some point. Yeah. So that hasn't long happened since now. So obviously okay. it's been a good few years. But in between that time, you you don't walk by faith anymore when you're born. Uh, sorry, walk by sight anymore when you're born. You walk by faith. Yeah. And I started walking by faith, and I started sharing things and instantly we came into conflict with what the word says with regards to sin not just any particular sin but just sin in general yeah and then some other more um temperamental topics but you know the top and bottom of it was we we came into conflict with stuff but i was walking by faith so when i said look i'm gonna go out now i'm gonna pray and i'm gonna go do this this and this. Oh, don't you, you've gone too much into it You've gone too much, you? you've gone too yeah. far. You know, you, you've been radicalizing, brainwashed. That's what the people of the world were saying to us, you know. Yeah. But one moment did it. And um, this is a, this is most definitely a different podcast, so I'll try and box off really <laughs> quick. Yeah. But basically, I started praying for, for people. Like, I was still, the Lord was still bringing us through anxiety and depression. But one of the things that I was led to do was to pray for others and stop being so self focused me, 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 which has been forever, to go and pray for others and to reach out to others. And yeah. that's what I started doing. And I downloaded an app, and it sounds pretty lame now, but it was a prayer app. And um, I got rid of all social media and I got this prayer app so I could pray for people. 
and I was. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests on here. So I was no shortage of people to pray for. Yeah. It was all kind of anonymous unless you didn't want to be anonymous. And I prayed for this one particular person. I prayed for loads of people. But there was this one particular person that just stood out like a sore thumb. And it was about health issues. We prayed for health issues, you know. And a few weeks later, I felt very convicted to go and tell this person I've been praying for them. And now I know it's the, 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 the guidance of the Holy Spirit and things like this, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit said, look, just, you should, you should probably go and check out on that person yeah. and tell them. And I told them and we started talking and we had this back and forth about eight weeks anonymously. Um, but then I decided I didn't want to be on this prayer anymore because compromise came in on okay. their part. It became very multi-faith. It became very... Um, liberal and we came celebrating other things such yeah, even yeah. as a baby christian knew that wasn't right so you know what it is i'm getting i'm getting away so anyway i mean this person said look for eight weeks now we've been helping each other daily with scriptures with prayer with just general conversations it's a bit strange we don't know each other's names but anyway i'm going to go off this up now and keep in contact if you want let's just exchange whatsapps and we'll do that so yeah I got this WhatsApp and I put it in my phone, right? And it was a plus six one number. So I'm plus six one, Australia. Oh, well. <laughs> so I put it in my phone and bro, this, this, this face came on my phone. I was like, wow, goodness me, who's this? You know, who is this yeah. woman? And I saw the face of this most beautiful woman. And, uh, oh, hi, my name is Mariam. I think, oh Lord, <laughs> oh Lord. Like, Automatically, I changed. I tried stopping cool. Yeah. I was like, oh man, what's good? But all I said, I'd, I'd made a friend. Yeah. And I, I, she'll share a story one day how she was, she was a refugee from Iraq and lost a house and all that sort of stuff. She got refuge to Australia with her mum and her dad and family. So, yeah. So speaking to this wonderful woman who loved the Lord and never took anybody home and was kind of a good girl compared to me. Yeah. Um, born again. And we continued speaking. I spoke to her on the phone and then I'm like, I'm going to marry this, this woman. And I told me mum, I told yeah. the pastor as well, but Curtis, you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> you get a bit carried away. It's online, man. You kind of be meeting people online like that. You just, this yeah, faith yeah. thing's amazing. But just press the brakes a little bit. <laughs> but I said, no, I know. I know. I know that I know. And I went across Australia. And the long story short was, she's now sat waiting for me to get home after this podcast with my kids. That's a great. Story. So there's hope for you singles. Yeah. Um, but we kind of put limits on God. We kind of put limits on God. Um, so to walk by faith and not by sight was the real evidence to me, man. So when she met Marion, she met her within a few months of me grand passing away. So my grand was me, mom's best friend. She thought she was going to lose the plot when my grand passed away. But then another woman came into her life who's a great godly influence. And she saw God in it. Yeah. And it was then she started coming to our church where we planted it and gave her life to the Lord, repented and got baptized. And stuff. Okay. So that's the, the diluted version. <laughs> and 
we'll have to get the longer version. But yeah. what what I liked about that was when you said uh, the, the prayers stop thinking about yourself mm-hmm. and you start praying out because yeah. you're right. We're in a world that even the stuff that is there to help people, a lot of it, you're right, is about them. It's all mm-hmm. about focusing on you and. Yeah all the negative stuff around you ignore that and mindfulness as you say and and when you do pray out god does come through yeah. and that's incredible and if yeah. you are single get on a prayer app i guess 100 100 <laughs> get praying it works <laughs> find a prayer yeah yeah absolutely. No, that's great absolutely. that's really great i, I was mean, mind blown you know it's a bit of a stereotype i don't think christian girls could be like that you know because <laughs> i was i was part and possibly stereotypes but god is good man god is good yeah Obviously, it's not all about looks. I'm just being silly, but you know. <laughs> and so now, you, now you're saved, and, and you've got um, your love of Jesus, and you've mm. got your wife and stuff. You do a lot of uh, street preaching. What what stirred you to do that? Okay, so um, yeah, so we do have a street preaching ministry. It's called Open Space Kingdom Movement. There's another time to explain why it's called that. <laughs> but my wife and I, we really really as much as it's a lovely love story we knew that was far more than that everything we must do is for the glory of god and it goes back to prayer whatever you want me to have father i'll have whatever you don't take it away because i live for you Mm. what i I need to tell the world about jesus christ who's the savior you know he's a savior we all need him and it's not just to have peace but to have peace with god to be reconciled to god and to be to be away from this sin, you know, to be delivered from it. And the more I understood the gospel, and the more I pressed into God, and the more we were serving in the local church, and you know, trying to edify and build up the local church, we it came a point where this discomfort we knew that we're called out. Yeah. And I explained it to the pastors I had. I said, look, I'm not, I feel really uncomfortable in the spirit. And I know that sounds very, very charismatic. But what I mean by that is, you know, when the Lord is... Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and I always use, sorry, I always use um, the illustration of um, when birds are in the nest for too long, the parents always peck upwards to push yeah, them out yeah. of the nest. And that's what the Lord does to you, 100%, that's a great way of putting it. He pecks us to move out. Yeah, right? to, to, to fly. Yeah. So we did, we stepped out and our Bible study quickly turned into a church where I was pastoring. And then we ended up having a building given those miracles on top of miracles, you know. Yeah. And this church grew um, and people came and it was in a deli shop and it grew. Open Space Church was born, you know, and it was, it was wonderful, great. But we always were outward focused. We mm. always were like, winning, trying to win souls. But no way was I going to be a street preacher. No <laughs> way was an evangelist. I just thought because of the type of church system I was in, what you did was you just became a pastor. Yeah. That's all you do. You know, you, you serve and then you get on the stage. And you, preach. you know, and anyway. Um, but we started doing things in the night times and this church grew when the lockdown happened and we, we went from about 60, 65, 70 strong in this tiny little deli shop to having to go and rent a community centre, which wasn't that far away. And as you said earlier, when we were just having a, a little chat, um, the lockdown 
has people on different sides of the coin and some people wanted yeah. to come when they could and some people can't and they didn't so we we kept open and I think we were the one of one of two that remained open through lockdown and that was through conviction and um, we, we closed for a little bit early doors when you didn't know what was what but then I really felt um, through the through the word as well I felt convicted to keep the doors open and not only that but to go out into the street the open space had to move you know, and I was wanting to encourage the body, the whole body, not just our church name or ministry name. It's not about ministry name, it's about his name, about to be about our father's business. Mm-hmm. And this was prior to lockdown. But I think in lockdown, we had the perfect opportunity to show who we are and who we serve. Yeah. So we went out and, you know, the Lord provided a good brother in Wesley who is most definitely pastoral. He's definitely a teacher. And I was praying for that for a good few years. So we really believed, and I still believe in the fruit of it's evident now, that Wesley was going to be able to take over the teaching and the pastoral role. Because when other church doors open again, which obviously have, I truly believe I have to stay out. Stay out in the marketplace, out in the streets, out where the Satanist is, out where the prostitute is, out where the atheist is, out where those who aren't necessarily going to come to church are mm-hmm. to pre- preach the gospel. And that's what we were doing. So open space church and the idea of moving as a, as a, as a collective kingdom movement just became... OSXKM, which is just a name, which is hard to say actually, Um, (laughs) which is, it's just so you recognize who we are, but basically we're now out on the streets, just street preaching ministry, we're having lots of different brothers come along. Um, Incredible. Do you find that, um, do you find sometimes that obviously the world is going to criticize and we'll get into some of your stories because of seeing some of your videos. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about one very specific one, actually, but we'll get to that soon yeah. because uh, I remember you posted it and I'm like, Oh wow. And <laughs> watching it. But uh, yeah. do you find that sometimes like other Christians can be against the street preaching? Because obviously as a pastor, I, I worked with you for Christ before I became a pastor. So we were always in the schools, hitting the gospels and yeah. going where the church still goes with me but where the church normally doesn't reach and and then um one of my elders obviously got me into street preaching and i got a heart for it and, but do you find that that a lot of churches are against that type of thing now and and what does yeah. that do to your heart when you see people being saved and stuff? yeah yeah so i mean people won't be able to see my face when i when i but honestly it's the most heartbreaking thing where people would if we really think about what it is, Jesus started his ministry preaching publicly. Yeah. And the Jesus says, go and proclaim the gospel to the end of the earth. And the word says that the gospel is the power of salvation, power of God to salvation. Yeah. It says to be not be ashamed of the gospel. And I get people's reservations. I totally get it. But when we really step back out of our feelings, out of our emotions, out of our own personal convictions and pride sometimes, yeah, and look at what it is, it's really heartbreaking to think that many churches, one, don't want to have anything to do with you because that's a very, very real 
issue. Bearing in mind, it should be kingdom focused and gospel, like kingdom mind and gospel focused. Yeah. And should be able to support a brother if he's faithfully doing the work of Christ. Yeah. So it is heartbreaking. Not only does it not want to have anything to do with you, but actually it can be actively against you. And I see it more from progressive types. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like the progressive. Yeah. But you shouldn't say that might offend somebody. It's not it's not as not as if we're out here preaching against certain yeah. groups of people who say, look, oh, yeah. all of us need to save you. The gospel, like Jesus came to save sinners, that which we all are. And Christ says the gospel is offensive. It is, it's raise a shop. Yeah. It's raise a shop. But in the same way, yes, you do get it from the church. Yeah. But we love them, me brothers and oh, sisters, you know. Um, and it's to be expected. It's to be expected, unfortunately. Um, but with that said, you do have other brothers and sisters who are very supportive. And when they see soul, souls saved, because souls are saved in street yeah. preaching, um, people think it's more controversial. People love controversy, don't they? They love seeing a bit of um, drama. But we love seeing souls saved. Yeah. We love joining the heaven and rejoicing as people, you know, come to profess Christ. But the important thing is we want to filter people into churches. We don't want, he says, go make disciples, not go make converts on the street. He says, go make disciples. So we need to be unified with the body to know the good biblical-based places to filter these baby Christians yeah, into yeah. so they can be discipled. So we need relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, just on that, with regard to street preaching, because if anybody does have an issue with it, you know, I understand that to some extent. But the Lord gives evangelist. Yeah. And really, I, I think Ray Comfort might have said this, or one of similar ilk. On the street, on Saturday in Newcastle, you can reach 100 people a minute with the gospel. Now, we know the word of God never returns void. It's got nothing to do with me as long as I preach it. The word of God never returns void. The Holy Spirit does what he does. The seed goes and he does what he does with it. Mm. The church, well, we know that. Not everybody's going to come to church. So you may reach 100 people in a year, hopefully more, but that's the case. So the Lord sends out the evangelists. So we should be praying for for the evangelists and supporting them. I 100% agree with that. I I think it's a bit controversial and you can say so if you want to, but the way I see churches is churches where... The Christians are fed, but then we have to send them out. They have to go out because if all we're doing is self-feeding, yeah. I mean, this is why, like, sometimes, I mean, I remember uh, back in the days of preaching, I remember turning up to a church once, um, lovely fellowship, and I said to them, I says, oh, I brought, I says, I've got two messages. I said, I brought the gospel message. They went, oh, it's a gospel service, so great. I went, oh, excellent. I said, how many unsaved have you got? And none of them were unsaved. And I'm just like... It's just hearing the same gospel message. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit tough. I agree with what you're saying because it's not just the evangelist's job. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, this is one of my sayings, and I do apologise if you've heard it before. But Jesus, right, he saved us and he sent us. Not just the evangelist, but to the person listening to this and to the person who will be coming on Sunday, you are saved if you were saved, you also sent. Mm. But he didn't just say go. He gave you a message, which is the gospel. And then not only that, he gave you the spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So 
you're saved, you're sent. You've got the message, you've got the spirit. Mm. Yes, there's people who will be more effective, the evangelists, but not everybody's a street preacher, but everybody has been told to shine. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's been told to bring a little bit of flavor, to be salt and to be light. <laughs> so that is the church. And what the, 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 the scary thing is, is that many can sit back and not worry about a dying world. Yeah. That's what concerned us. But just to be encouraged that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and to be confident in sharing Christ. Yeah. Now you say uh, confidence and I want to get in this because if you're like me, um, sometimes going out street preaching because it's not the most comfortable thing for me. It's definitely not something I'm, I have to work on it. So when you mentioned on Ray Confidence stuff, I watched a lot of his outreach stuff to see how he got people's attention. Because I think one of the things with me is I've got an ego and I don't like to be ignored. So if someone's walking past us and I want their attention, I'm going to get it either way. Like leave a throw a sweet at them or something. But um, but there is nerves, isn't there, going into this? And and some of the videos that I've seen, especially when you were at Monument and that man. Uh, was deliberately attacking you guys mm. and uh, it, it was the older fella who yeah. was shouting and he went to a uh, grab your camera stand oh. and stuff like that do you ever like do you ever feel that hostility toward you do you ever think oh hang on i'm gonna pack up and uh, leave or... so with that video in particular i mean you could probably put a link, <coughs> a link to whatever you're gonna yeah. put it with that video there's so much stuff that I had to cut out because it just wasn't going to be suitable to put on i truly believe that the aggravate Sin, I think you aggravate demonic stuff, but obviously it's not all just about that. There is elements of yeah. that. When you go and you share Christ, you can be zealous about anything. You could be zealous about money. You could be zealous about fitness. You could be zealous about beauty. You could be zealous about anything, as long as it's not Jesus. Mm. You can stand on the street and preach anything, yeah. as long as it's not Jesus. Why? <laughs> Because there's power in the name. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I have the stands everywhere and Muslim stands don't get attacked. The Hare Krishnas don't get attacked. <laughs> but the Christians do. It's because there's power in the name. It's truth. It's truth. And when you shine light into a dark place, people either repel from it, which is the usual, the usual uh, response, or they go, I need that. And they'll come towards it. We know what the scripture says. Um, we don't go in the other night because we're lest we be exposed. Um, but if the Lord's drawn people to himself, he'll draw them to himself. But yeah, it does get hostile. It does. But what I want to say on that is we're not just going to go with a microphone and yell the gospel at people. We want to be all things to all people like Paul yeah. was, you know, talking about the unknown God. And we want to break the stereotype that most people have where you're going to be yelled at you're going to hell yeah because the, we love people we, we we pray that our heart breaks what breaks the lord's heart yeah and, and, what, and what i've seen is when people interact with you there is that dialogue yeah that yeah. happens like what you were doing in durham just the yeah. other week with the man on the bridge and yeah. the police came over and yeah, stuff yeah. it happens it's really exciting you know it yeah. really is um, because everybody will see the exciting parts and everyone clicks the exciting videos because it, let's not get it twisted. Like when you preach Christ and you see reactions like that, mm. this guy was just threatening to kill us. He was off camera. He was claiming to have done yeah. all sorts of worship to other things. 
and it's real. It's there. I mean, Saturday, was it Saturday? No, Thursday had just gone. Three professing Satanists came up and just quite wow. obviously talked about it. Now, sometimes you but you, you think, oh, well, you're just saying for effect, you're just saying it because we're Christians, you just yeah, yeah. But no, no, it's it's there. Light is light, dark is dark, it's there. And I think when we we can quite often go to church and get so comfortable in singing our worship songs and listen to the word and we get so detached from the very real spiritual war that's going on yeah very detached absolutely. from it you know yeah and what um what are some of the highlights of your preaching in the streets what are some of the salvation stories that yeah. really stick to you then so right i was thinking about this because it's just two new year and 2021 is the first year where i've done it as a block consistently okay um and the real i mean obviously the salvation is always a highlight it always is. And seeing the Lord add into the numbers of young men who aren't necessarily street preachers, but who just want to walk with you and be discipled and edify the body, edify the different churches. This is always the um, the highlight, and there's been a, a good number. And obviously there's ones who fall away as well. Mm. Um, but some of the more places I've found myself where I wouldn't never thought I'd find myself is I found myself in the middle of a protest. Um, it was in the middle of the vaccine thing, whatever your stance is on that, whatever side of that you stand on it, everybody needs a gospel. Yeah. So we were preaching <laughs> and you could just feel this, it was like the part of the seas. Everybody <laughs> just went, woof, to say, it's what's going on here. And just thousands of people just walked down the film industry shouting and bawling. And I was expecting, you know, that thing of the Lion King, where like, the, 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 the stampede's coming through. Yeah. But I was preaching Christ, and I only had a little microphone, but you could hear that above everything. And these people were cheering for the name of Jesus. <laughs> and they go, yes. And I was like, are they supposed to be doing that? But they were, they, were, they were hearing it, and they were thankful for the truth, even though they may not fully get it, being, being told. And from that, there was a little gathering afterwards who you could minister to. So out of this protest where people were flooding through, people knew there was a greater call to Christ than to continue with a temporary measure, mm. whatever your belief system is on that. So that was amazing. I was just like, Lord, I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? I find myself yeah. in the middle of this thing. But there's been another highlight is seeing my friend Wesley, who you'll see on some of the videos, he has got a wonderful story. It's profoundly deaf. Um, apart from if he has his hearing aid on, it works. He can hear. Profoundly deaf and terrified, anxious of public speaking. His testimony is insane. It's wonderful. But he couldn't even go to McDonald's to make an order. But the Lord called him to street preach. And he'd never done it before. Um, and he was put alongside me. And the other brothers, and I remember the first time he street preached, and it was so emotional. And his son was there watching him. And I'm thinking, this is incredible, this is wonderful. Mm. And then seeing him do it week in, week out, and the growth of people just saying yes, yeah. just saying yes. That's a miracle, you know, to a, to a world where you limit your your your. your ailments if you want to say that stop you yeah yeah with christ absolutely. it doesn't happen like, there's no way apart from christ a man who's profoundly deaf profoundly anxious 
who worries about his speech, he's been bullied all his life, should be able to stand in the middle of a step in a crowded street and proclaim Jesus as Lord. Absolutely. And, and this is where the Bible verses where it talks about the Lord using the foolish thing yeah, of the world yeah. up. The Lord yeah, yeah. and and the whosoever as well. Whosoever. I mean John three sixteen, but it says whosoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it, isn't it? It's it. whosoever it. decide, and then the Lord yeah, just like uses all things are possible. I mean, in, in that right, like he used Moses, who was like, I can't be doing that. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak, talk. Yeah. And it's actually those who think that they can probably shouldn't. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's because we do it in the Lord's strength, in our weaknesses, His strength is made perfect. So it's wonderful to see all that, and there's been so many times where I thought, I can't believe this has happened. It's just frontline, real-life stuff. People hearing the gospel. And the guy I spoke about on the bridge in Durham, that was one of the most nice conversations I've had. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. It was great to watch. Um, and obviously there's loads of stuff cut out of that, but it was just nice. Mm. It's always nice, but it's always worth it. Well, it's funny because I remember watching your earlier videos and you used to do it... Um, what we used to call the green. Um, right, the hippie green one. Yeah, the, yeah, and uh, because I went to college through Newcastle, yeah. um, and uh, so we used to always walk past that, and it used to be like, it used to be known as the hippie oh, green and stuff like that. But some stuff goes on there, yeah. you know, it still does. It's yeah, still, still. oh, you can absolutely tell it does, yeah. but seeing you guys do that, and then seeing the heckles, but how you handle that with yeah. grace and love. and I mean, don't get us wrong, I've grown in grace. Yeah, um, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's still some elements of BC that like the flare up and then the, the, <laughs> the Holy Spirit does the deal with it. Like, but um, but no, like let's never ever ever get it twisted. Like there's as bold as we are with Christ, there's people bold with doctrines of devils. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I and I can't pull any punches when I say that because it's straight scripture. But when the gospel goes and the Lord moves. You can see the most hardened atheist or the hardened Satanist crumble before the Lord. And I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. And when I say crumble, I don't mean broken and run away and go, oh, yeah. you know, that has happened. I mean, understand a little glimpse of who God is, his character and his love, but also his righteousness. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, we don't, we don't come with fancy words and, um, trying to persuade people with fleshly sort of things. We come with the gospel, we come yeah, in full absolutely. truth and in full love in the strength that the Lord gives us and see what he wants to do on the day. And that's it. And I think, I think as well, you, you already said this, I think a lot of people love arguing science and creation, yeah. they love arguing morals and yeah. God. Even God's a good conversation to have. Yeah. But as soon as Jesus comes into yeah. it, oh, yeah. and, and that's why you've got to constantly remind them, actually, it's Jesus. But nobody Jesus. gets offended by the name of God because everyone's yeah. got one. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. got one. But when it gets specific, you say Jesus Christ. So, Durham, Durham. Newcastle, yeah. and you've also been to Sunderland. I've been to Sunderland. What, you... <laughs> i tell you what, Reed. That was one of the strangest videos I've seen you do, actually. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and obviously, me, me, me techniques with the, 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 the footage and all that, it's, it's getting better. And I'm learning the tricks of how to make these videos sharper. But I was actually going to come and do a little outreach in here before I came to yeah. see you guys. But Wisdom said, just do it another time, maybe next week. But when I came to Sunderland, um, I was wonderfully, it's the first time I've ever been here at this Preacher Gospel, 
wonderfully surprised by how willing people were on tour. Yeah. Like, I went back to Newcastle. I said, hey, <laughs> the Macrams are showing you guys up. These guys sat and listened. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? Because yeah. we, we do it outside of uh, Marks and Spencer's and something. Yeah. Um, when we do it in the town, that is. And only once, only once through all the years the church has done it, only once have I been there where I've seen a heckler. Mm. But to call it a heckle is like an understatement. It was like, oh, all the churches are closed walking by. And I'm just like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Great acknowledgement. Yes. <laughs> but no, honestly, like, Maybe it's because we're so used to seeing a lot of hecklers. Yeah. But, I mean, don't get us wrong, there's one or two. But there was a lot of conversations that were hard. And you know when these things will go deeper, when they get personal. Yeah. And that happened more often than not in, in Sunderland. We're only there for two hours, but I think I personally had four conversations. I know that other brothers had a lot of deep conversations. Um. I've had the most strange conversation I've ever had with anybody in Sunderland. Oh, <laughs> but what was that about? This, this this young lady came up with us and uh, she was saying some, some things. I had to get the, the topic back on uh, what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But then she was um, she was talking about, "Are oh, you a born again virgin?" And I didn't fully understand what it meant. I'd never heard the term before, born again virgin. I'm thinking, does that mean all things are completely <laughs> made new? Um, but she meant something from a really sort of strange fortune-telling spiritualism type thing. Yeah. So obviously that's got on that topic. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody who will listen to this knows what born again virgin is in, in greater detail. But we got on the doctrines of what God says and all the other stuff, how it's harmful and not good. But she was it was very strange. Um but she did understand. She took a Bible, she took a gospel track, and obviously we pray, pray for her there and then. But yeah, there's just a lot of strange belief systems out there. And there's another woman on the same day, like it was almost like just waiting for us to give her a special word or something, like it was a medium, yeah. you know. But it's give the gospel, you know. So so these guys are receptive. I'll come down again maybe in a week or so and, and see. See yeah, what it's like a second time. The <laughs> second time it's going to be really hostile. Well, yeah. well, you've said it now. So. Well, if, if not, I'll turn up and I'll be the heckler. I'll yeah. heckle stuff that you can respond and preach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, that's great. Um, just real quickly, then, what would you just say to someone who's listening and mm. they've got a desire to preach the gospel out on the street? How yeah. would they go yeah. around doing that? And if they're in the northeast, could they come join you? Oh, or? No doubt. No doubt. Like as I've said, we're uh, gospel focused and kingdom minded so the only thing i'll say quickly before i give you some encouragement yeah. even if you don't want to get in touch with us is we have a statement of faith and it's something i think we all as leaders and believers should have to say this is what we believe this is our message yeah we're not here to stir up the pot politically we're not here to start riots in any sort of way unless it's for the gospel yeah and then we we operate um, in grace and in love, but full truth. And the truth often does have explosive consequences. But um, away from that, what can you do if you feel a call to preach the gospel? Pray on it. Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Um, you don't necessarily have to be on a step to preach the gospel, but I would most certainly the study find it, to find yourself approved because if you do want to step out into the more public sphere you're going to come against some good arguments and not so good arguments 
but the, the, the truth is that we have the truth. So you're not, you, you're not trying to top trump any other um, belief system because you have the truth. You just need to understand how to present it. But with that said, I also encourage you to bring it to your local church leader because I believe evangelists come out from the church to come back to the church. Yeah. And I also um, would say be discipled in it. We would love to help you in that. But again, go through your church leadership with that. Um, but please do pray on it. Please do uh, seek the Lord, but just share Jesus. Do it in your speech. Do it in your actions. Do it in how you love. Um, take great joy and do all, I think we talked about this before, do all things for the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. And whatever you want me to have, Father, I'll have. Whatever you want me to do, Father, I'll do. Whatever you don't, take it away. Yeah. And I'm absolutely certain that he will use you. That's great. He will. Because you've been a great guest. Will you come back again sometime? And 100%. Do this again? 100%. This is great. If, if your wife's free, <laughs> bring, oh, bring your she, wife to share a story. Uh, she, she, she's wonderful. She's a lot more composed than me. This is what happens <laughs> when you bring in an evangelist. Don't <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. If you wouldn't mind just uh, praying for us, if that's yeah, all right. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank the Lord. Mm. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that your sovereign love, your sovereign mercy, your sovereign grace has saved us, has sent us, and has sealed us, Lord. And Father, I thank you that your sovereign grace, your sovereign mercy calls out to those who are lost to come and to know you. Father, your gospel is sharp. Your gospel is true. And Lord, I pray that people would know just the depths that you went for, you came for Jesus to save us. Lord, the depths of your love, your, your righteousness, your power, your mercy. And Father, I just pray for all who hear us that they're encouraged in you, Holy Spirit. Would you encourage them? Lord, I pray if they do not know you, that they come to know you. Lord, that moment that I had, that conviction of sin, but that bringing in of forgiveness. Lord, I pray that they would have it. Lord, I pray that the saints are reminded of it, that they're stirred up to good yes, works, Lord. That's right. Father, that they would know that serving you is the only thing that will satisfy the greatest pleasure, the greatest honour, Lord, is to serve you. To know you. That is the end of man, to, to fully know that we're fully known by you. Lord God, I pray that you would save souls. That you would continue to use the, the foolish to shame the wise and that you would pour out in our families, in our marriages, in our circumstances. Yes, Lord. Your powerful sovereign will. So Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share with our brothers and sisters. And Lord, would you cause us all to endure for the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope it's been a blessing and an encouragement and a challenge as well. And the links to where all Curtis does is at the bottom. Thank you again, Curtis. It's been great having you on the Hilton Castle Mission podcast. Thank you.